Welcome to another episode of Mac and Joe Talk on a Podcast. Hello everyone, thanks for joining us for another exciting episode. Happy to be back here as always um, with my wonderful co-potter, Joe. Say hello, Joe. Hello everyone, glad to have you here as always. Glad yeah. to be alongside my my good friend and fellow potter, Mac Williams. Let's do it. It's um, a slower news week where we got some stuff. We're going to uh, hop back into a segment we haven't done in 2021. Yeah, we haven't. We're going to continue on uh, Joe's segment, and we're going to do something fun. Theme parks, we're going to uh, double up and, and do, a, do a ride history together type of a thing and do a ride kind of ride POV. So it uh, should be fun. Yep. So having said that, let's just jump into it. The first news dun, dun, is... Dun, sad news. Inevitable. Inevitable, yes. Uh, no Time to Die has been delayed until October 2021. October this year, it was, of course, originally in 2019, and then it got moved to April 2020, and then the pandemic hit, and then it got moved to April 2021. So this film has been basically shot for two years. It's kind of been done. sitting there. Everything's done. Um, it's been advertising, and now they got to do it all over. <laughs> Yeah, so again, you know, hopefully October, uh, but we will see. Again, this is a, you know, Sony Pictures type of a film. They own some of the rights to it. They are, you know, they don't have a, a streaming service, um, so they, they can't really... Dump it. You know, I mean, they could sell it to like an Apple. We've talked about this or Netflix or something like that, but they're, they're sticking to their... their valuable properties. You sticking to their guns it. right yeah. now. And that's um, all right. And there's that. On the heels of HBO Max, Warner Brothers announcing Godzilla vs. Kong moving up to March instead of waiting for May. And so I think, again, a play to get more HBO Max subscribers. They dropped the trailer for Godzilla vs. Kong. Joe, I don't think you've seen the last couple of ones, have you? The, the last, last couple? The last one. Did you see Kong Skull Island? Yes. You did? Did you see... Okay, I didn't know you saw that one. Did you, you didn't see King of the Monsters, though. No, I did not. What did you think of the trailer? It was so-so. Yeah. I'm, 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 I'm over it. Yeah. I'm over the... Uh, no, it, the giant monster fights. Yeah. I was riveted by the remake, quote-unquote remake, of Godzilla. It was in 2008, I think it was. I don't remember what it was. The, I don't know the year. 2010, whatever. Something 2010. Like that. The one that was the one that just came. The one that came out with uh, with uh, Brian Cranston and uh, Elizabeth Olsen. Yeah, was and Ken, Ken Watanabe. Yeah. And I forget the other guy from Kickass. I forget his name. Yeah. Um, he's the guy that plays Quicksilver in yeah. Marvel. Anyway, um, he was in it. I thought that was a really good movie, but that was a standalone film. I had zero interest in seeing. I had very little interest in seeing Kong, but my dad wanted to see it because he grew up watching the original. The last one we got was the Peter Jackson one, which is, I think, even better than Skull Island. Um, mm-hmm. Skull Island, I thought was silly, kind of a kind of a cross between Jumanji and Kong. It wasn't. So, I mean, I had zero interest in seeing King of Monsters. I don't have an interest in seeing Godzilla vs. Kong. Sorry. It seems okay. like a silly premise to me. 
and, and it definitely is. And to silly. me, it kind to me it kind of it uh, overstayed its welcome <laughs> after watching the original, the not the original, but the the remake, quote unquote remake of Godzilla. I thought that was extremely well done. I own that. That's on. That'll be on my list later. But uh, that film lays all the groundwork. It for doesn't the next matter. Films. I don't care. It doesn't have to lay the groundwork. It can be a standalone film. Everything doesn't have to be well, a. It's not a standalone film. That's my point. Whatever. Though, is that it? it sure, sets up sure. everything. It doesn't set up anything. It sets up nothing. They just decided to play off of it because they thought it was a valuable property and they're trying to milk it for all it's worth. I. Just like I, I Man think of Steel. We'll disagree. Just that, like Man of Steel. No, man, no. Do Man of Steel, and that's it. Don't need to do Batman vs Superman, which is an abomination. You don't need to do Suicide Squad, which was just as bad. You don't need to do Justice League. All those are not that good. Man of Steel to me is miles better than Batman vs Superman. Mm-hmm. It was completely unbelievable. I don't care about the comics, Superman. I love that movie, but I'm using that as another example. Sure, that's a standalone fair example. films are just fine, but once they see a valuable property, Hollywood is going to rehash, do sequels, do whatever. So we can agree to disagree. Yes, I I agree that standalone films are great. I think my point is that the films, especially Man of Steel, but even the first Godzilla, the remake is it's intentionally setting up future stories. Like they went into it knowing at some point Godzilla was going to battle Kong. Okay. Like it sets up, like you may not get that or you may not care about that. You may just care about the story that's unfolding in front of you, but it intentionally sets up future stories. It intentionally, they had the intention of making. Yeah. Godzilla was going to be Kong. Yeah. This is the whole story. This is the culmination of all four films. Okay. Well. Um, you can certainly not like it, and that's okay. Just like the Fast and the Furious is a culmination of every single, all the ten dozen movie film, d- dozen films they've made. It's a culmination, yes, culmination of trash. That is that is a opinion. Um, this is a, a big franchise for Warner Brothers. Um, Godzilla: King of the Monsters was an interesting film. I did not know. All the monsters again. It really digs kind of deep into the myth of Godzilla. Talk about like these kaiju monsters and stuff that I had no idea what they were. See, I watched all the originals um, too. See, that's I wouldn't I, have known that, and that's why I'm kind of over it because yeah. I watched those as a kid. I watched the Japanese ones yeah. with the subtitles: Godzilla versus so and so, Godzilla, Godzilla versus so and so, Godzilla versus this person, that person, this person. And they were fun. They were goofy, but it's right. like you're trying to remake it, and it's like. Yeah. It seems it seems dumb to me, but yeah. maybe because I'm older, I don't see the appeal. I don't know. I don't. Uh, it, it, the trailer uh, comes out. You know, some new new actors in it. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown is still there. Um, kind of looks like Kong is the good guy now, but Godzilla was the good guy in earlier films, especially in the last movie. Um, so again, I don't really know. It's like Transformers. Um, it's like Transformers. Sure, that's a good just argument. Throwing it out there, just throwing it out there. Sure, setting it up for future sequels. There yeah, you go. That's there a good point. Go. I think that's a really good example. Optimus Prime turning on the humans, just like Godzilla turning on the humans. I think I think you're being facetious, Rehashed but I think you actually same stories over and over and over. But I think you actually made a really good point. That there. is a good point. Um, I, I, there's a method to my cynicism and madness, yes. I will say, um, watching Godzilla, King of the Monsters, uh, I did see it on a big screen. It was probably um, worth and it. And that was 
pretty cool. Yes. I mean, the story was okay, but again, the battles, cool the effects, the, screen, yes. um, the sound, everything, yes. um, you know, when Godzilla's fighting, all these different things was yep. pretty cool. Yep. Again, this, I will 100% see this on HBO Max. Because you're on HBO Max. Right, and it'll be, it'll be different. Um, so again, uh, obviously when they made this film, when they set this story up, they didn't think they were going to be doing this, but it is what it is. Uh, trailer was fine. It didn't sell me or unsell me. It was just, you know, what I hope to not speaking of BVS, um, Joe brought it up. I don't, what I don't want to have happen is to have like a, you know, a two hour and a half, two and a half hour film. And then it's two hours and 15 minutes of building up to like a two minute fight. I think that would be disappointing if I don't it's think like they're gonna do that. you build it up. Like I, if you're going to advertise me Godzilla versus Kong, like let him fight and let's see it. Um, I want to see multiple fights. I want to see, you know, I just don't want to see it build up to get like a nothing. But that's just my opinion. Uh, I'm sure I'll review it here. I'm sure Joe will not review it here. Um, I'll listen to your review. But maybe Joe can review. The little things, which you were probably not going to watch. I'll see it. I mean, I don't know why I wouldn't see it. but Because, oh, never mind. I don't think you're as interested in it. I'm not as interested in it. You said it was a a plot that's in the box. It's a general plot. Doesn't really do anything for me. Doesn't mean I can't be wrong. It's a general plot. Sure. Well, I'm not disagreeing with you. That's how I say every Marvel movie is. So that's okay. Okay. We agree to disagree. I don't think we're disagreeing. We are disagreeing. <laughs> okay. Because I'm looking forward to that movie. I'm super okay, excited for great. that movie. Uh, no, one's, no one's poo-pooing you, Joe. You're the only one poo-pooing anything okay, here. Okay, okay. Uh, there are some reports uh, coming out of Hollywood. Again, none of this is confirmed. Um, but Christopher Nolan and Warner Brother are splitting. Apparently it's... This is not speculation. This is speculation. This is not confirmed. Yeah. But anybody... But no one has denied it. I guess is is the other point. Warner Brothers have not come out and denied it. Christopher Nolan have not come out and denied it. So they could be in negotiations of some kind. Um, again, these things get leaked for a reason. Um, so it could be a negotiation yeah, ploy. Yeah, so trying to make money. Sure. It, it could be Christopher <laughs> Nolan coming back to the table and saying, hey, if you want me to be part of your studio, you have to there was up a, my deal. Um, there, was an interesting, ahead, there was an interesting article I read in doing some little research on this topic. Uh there was a couple of articles. Nothing really is confirmed, but there was an interesting article about IndieWire uh, on IndieWire talking about how if Christopher Nolan was to split from Warner Brothers, there are certain what movie studio would he go to? Yeah. So that was that was an interesting read. What did it say? It, it just talked about okay. it talked about the different uh, appeals or, or pros and cons of going to different companies. Um, Sony would be interesting because Sony works with, uh, James Bond, right? Well, no, well, yeah. And works with, uh, uh, I can't remember his name. I think Sony has the best franchise for Nolan. He works, he works with the guy who did, uh, Inglourious Bastards. What's his name? Oh, Tarantino. Quentin Tarantino. Yeah. Yeah. Quentin Tarantino does his movies through Sony. Yeah. Um, but the only thing is with Sony is they, they, they're locked up with, with James Bond and all this stuff in terms of their, they're beholden to the movie theaters too. They don't have a streaming service. Right. Spider-Man. So it's like, 
it's like his options are kind of if if the reason he's splitting from Warner Brothers again if 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 he's splitting from Warner Brothers one one can conclude that the reason he's doing that is because he wants his movies to be shown in the movie theater and I don't think that's realistic to think that that's going to happen anytime soon even in right. 2021 well he won't so, make a movie so for another two to three years I understand he's not going to make he's not going to yeah. make a movie for two to three years but his but his his reluctance to let his movies be shown outside of the movie theaters, that's not going to happen now. So I don't know that he's necessarily going to find another company, another movie studio that's not going to have some sort of ties to streaming service or give him the leeway for big budget movies. I mean, they, they mentioned like Netflix and Apple, but they're already kind of tied up with other stuff there. I mean, yes, Apple has seems to have endless capital, you know, money to spend, but Netflix, maybe not so much, you know, giving, giving up $200 million for or Amazon for, or something or like Amazon. That. Yeah. Giving yeah. up $200 million for, for a movie that he really doesn't want to go straight to service. So right. the only real options really are kind of universal and Sony at this point, Disney probably wouldn't work. You can do 20th century with Disney. He can set up True. things like that, but they didn't mention that. They just mentioned Disney because Disney, yeah. because Disney tends to be like a franchise, wide yeah. franchise and wide, wide view audiences. Yeah. Not so much, not so much niche type. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, not saying that, that Christopher Nolan is a niche director, but he appeals to those type it of is. people. Yeah. I think um, that's a good point. You know, and it also, again, it's an interesting article. It kind of mentions that he could make a movie like the prestige or other type, or another movie he mentioned, like Insomnia, where it's like a lower budget film, mm-hmm. but those might not be like super big blockbusters. So it's interesting that it was just an interesting, an interesting uh, discussion because he's upset. He's he's glad that his movie made it to theaters last year. But Warner Brothers isn't happy that his movie made it to the theaters because it only made sixty million dollars. Right. Yeah. So they're not happy at all. That's, and that and that was part of the again part of what the article said was that was a big reason why they went in the direction that they did. Yeah. It was because they tried Tenet and it didn't work. Not because no one liked the movie, but because the the the, the market wasn't ready for. It. Yeah. There was nobody going to the movies. They tried so, to appease him by by getting it out there. That's and, what and I'm saying. They tried to appease work. him yeah. and he's probably happy that people got to see it whatever in theaters, drive in whatever. But it Warner Brothers wasn't happy with the bottom line. Right. And you know, so it's not really it's not it's not as simple it's it, it, it's not there's no there's no easy answer because I I think what he's upset about, I think what he's upset about, he might not get at another company at least Right, not now. Right. And a lot of the other companies are tied to streaming services. So yeah. I don't know that what he's that, that, that if he's upset about that, plus it was saying he's talking about big budget and all this kind of stuff. Is he kind of has leeway to do whatever he wants pretty much in Warner Brothers. But he's at Warner Brothers. Yeah. He has all those kind of grandfathered in things because he's been with the company for so long. Uh, you know, those are things that have to be taken into consideration. I understand he's upset. I'm not saying he shouldn't leave. I'm just saying – that there's again, this is all speculation, but it it might he might not have a better i you know a better situation in another today if he signs with another studio it might not be a better situation than he has right now. That's yeah, all I'm saying that's a good point because you know, yeah, and it does mention he's not going to make a move for another two years. I get right, that. yeah, yeah. But you know, if he's really beholden to, I mean, even even Martin Scorsese is doing Netflix movies. I'm not saying he should. I'm not saying he should. 
but you know, like I said, maybe it's a different kind of movie. Maybe it's a maybe it's an insomnia kind of movie. Maybe it's a maybe it's a prestige movie. Maybe it's a uh, 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 the first movie, one of the first like movies. a memento, type memento, of thing? memento type okay. movie. It doesn't have to be a big budget flashbang, you know. But maybe that's what he wants to do now. I don't right. know. His, his latest movies have all been like that. So right. big budget films. So yeah. who knows? Anyway, I spoke enough about this. What are your thoughts? Uh, that's okay. I think you had great thoughts. Um, I think you're right about uh, Warner Brothers' unhappiness with Tenet. Again, I think you started to see that with HBO Max and Wonder Woman 1984 and all these things. I think that that's, uh, that is a direct result of Tenet's misfire at the, at the yeah, movie theaters. That's a good, that's an appropriate way. Cause um, it wasn't like it was a it wasn't bad a failure. Film. It wasn't a failure um, film because it was a yeah. bad film. It was a bad, it, it was just, it yeah, wasn't it the was right time. Absolutely. Um, Nolan has been with Warner brothers since 2002 and in, with insomnia. That was the first film he yep. did. Um, every film since has been with Warner brothers, except the prestige, which is a Disney movie. Um, you know, he's been a producer there. He's produced it's the a DC Disney movie. Uh, Touchstone Pictures is, oh. yeah, so it's whatever, Disney. Um, he's been a part of the DCEU. He's produced Justice League, BVS, Man of Steel. Yeah. He he's did. done all that stuff, so he gets producing credits on that. Um, you know, it would be, you know, and, and Joe mentioned, I mean, his contract, his exclusive contract at Warner Brothers basically guarantees him whatever he wants. Pretty much. Um, and I don't know if he goes to another studio. Do, do they offer him carte blanche yep. to do whatever he wants? Carte blanche, yeah. That's um, <laughs> carte blanche. So, uh, that's, that's a real good one. You know, I like I that. Don't, carte blanche. Um, I heard that in Ford versus Ferrari. They said I got carte blanche. I looked it up. It's French for bullshit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah it was true. Um, so I don't. Uh, That's just right. I don't. Uh, you know, I mean, if if he's gonna if he's gonna lay, I mean, he hasn't publicly backed down from the comments he's talked about again. Well, he's upset, and that's okay. All right, but again, we're talking months later now. Like, is it is it retrospective? Again, these these rumors or these reports are coming from somewhere they don't just pop out of nowhere um so if that means they're negotiating an exit or they're negotiating a renewal um or the studio kind of drops this news to kind of maybe push him out i mean we have no idea um but again these reports while not confirmed um if they're in multiple trades they're not they're not coming out for no reason is my is my well, understanding the, well, of it, the, so. the I didn't see a, I didn't see a whole slew of articles saying he was leaving right. it was more this article I mentioned in IndieWire was if he if leaves, he leaves got it. it wasn't saying it was speculated that he is leaving mm-hmm. and even the article that we that we read it said it didn't really say that I think that the title of the article was misleading because it doesn't really yeah, nothing confirmed yet. Nothing confirmed, and it really mm-hmm. didn't mention anything like, oh, sources say it wasn't anything like that at all. It was just like more, even more speculation. But anyway. We'll see. Uh, last bit of news. Like another delay. Again, I think we're going to start to see more and more of these. Uh, the King's Man is delayed to August 2021. So next – oh. This so this August. Um, it was originally fall 2020, and then it got postponed to February 2021. Again, it's just not going to make that date unless you're only playing it in drive-ins, basically. Pretty much. Um, so Disney has made the choice to pull it out back. Uh, again, recommendations. We are back. I know we haven't done this since you know pre-Christmas, basically. It's a segment you guys like. I've decided to kind of 
uh, mishmash these recommendations from here on out. Combine them all into one. Um, so if Joe has one or two or whatever, let's do that. I have a couple, um, and we're just going to give you guys some recommendations on, on what whether we like uh, viewing or reading. So, Joe, I can go first, or you can go first, whatever you want to do. How many do you have? Because I have two. Um, I, I have three, so I'll okay, go first I'll go then. First, then. Would you have a book and a TV recommendation? I have a book and a TV recommendation. Okay. I'm I'll not going to recommend a movie. Cause sure, because you're doing a great be job. So far. Yeah. <laughs> um, I I wasn't going to do a film, but I'll, I'll say a film. Um, a film that I watched this weekend, one of the few MCU films I didn't see all of last year, uh, was Iron Man 3. Um, 2013, it's a really highly rated film. It's really, really good. It comes off the first Avengers film. It's the first um, film of Phase 2. Um, as it were, so it's all the way back. It's RDJ's fourth time in the role of Tony Stark. Uh, it's written and directed by Shane Black, who teamed with RDJ in Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, it's a good film. RDJ uh, asked specifically for Shane Black to do the film. And again, RDJ kind of had that pull uh, to do. I know a lot of uh, hardcore fans um, don't like the film in terms of... Um, the Mandarin twist, again, this is a 2013 film, so spoilers, I guess. Uh, the way the Mandarin is played out is very different than it is in the comics. Um, a lot of people didn't like that. Uh, I was fine with it. I was never a massive Tony Stark reader, as it were. Uh, but Shang-Chi is going to kind of retcon Iron Man 3, I guess. They're going to have the Mandarin in Shang-Chi. And this is going to be the real Mandarin. Uh, so we'll see how that plays out. But I think it's a fun movie. I think it's better than Iron Man 2. It's not better than Iron Man 1, um, but it's a fun kind of post-Avengers uh, film. Again, it's not the whole team. It's, it's really just uh, RDJ. Um, Don Cheadle uh, does a little War Machine and Iron Patriot. He does kind of both. Uh, Gwyneth Paltrow is still there. Um, it's, it's a fun movie, uh, kind of lighthearted. Um, and, yeah, it's a fun movie. So Iron Man 3 is my film recommendation. Go ahead, Joe. Joe is turned off. Absolutely. I was turned off when I wanted to turn it off when you were watching the film. And the only thing interesting about Mandarin in this movie is probably because I like oranges. That's the only thing that's the only thing I can I like about that movie. Anyway, it's I you say it's better than Iron Man 2. I would say yes. I, that I would agree with you, but not by much, but that's okay. It's okay. you like the movie, you recommended it. I'm sorry. It's okay. Um, the TV show, or I would say the limited series, if you can call it a TV show, it's on HBO. I thought it was great. Um, it's only a two two episode, quote unquote, whatever docu series, whatever you want to call it. I am talking about the uh, HBO whatever special on Tiger Woods. It's called Tiger. It's on HBO. It's a two-episode series. It's an hour and a half a piece, so three hours total. I watched it over the course of a weekend because I waited. I didn't record it, and I watched it on our streaming service. Um, I loved it. I thought it was great. It doesn't pull any punches, obviously, like, and no punches should be pulled. Um, you know, I can vividly remember – I don't remember where I was, but I remember hearing about the Thanksgiving story when he got into a car accident and the whole shit hit the fan, um, you know, for lack of a better way to say it. Um, you know, it has some interesting interviews. Um, again, 
you know, you can have the opinion, you can have whatever opinion you want. You think it's fake. You don't believe certain people. You believe certain people. You can believe all of it. You can believe none of it or anywhere in between. That's fine. But I still thought it was engaging. It was entertaining. I, I think he's a fascinating uh, sports figure. You can't deny his talent and the fact that he's one of the golf, one of, if not the greatest golfer ever. Um, he's certainly in the argument. Um, had a tumultuous life, to say the least. Um, full of ups and downs. Um, I, you know, it's it, it, it certainly paints that picture very clear. Um, you know, got some interesting sound bites from his dad. He's got interviews from his former caddy, mistresses, girlfriends. You know, obviously it doesn't have him, you know. But again, like, it doesn't paint him in, like, rosy light, you know. It's it's tells some bad stories like right. you know it's got like former former uh, club pros that he used to play where he used to play with his dad like you know it's it's not it's not you know like i said he's he went through some pretty dark times and it, it doesn't shy away from that yeah i have a, a question for you just yes, a general question yes. is is you know sometimes we see these kind of mythical athletes and yes. we only see them through the tv screen Okay. And we don't really know their personal lives or we don't really see the behind the scenes stuff. Okay. Is this even the negative stuff? Does that humanize him for you or does it make it, does it pull away in the sense of I'd rather just keep the mystery? Right? Um, like where it's kind of like, I'd rather him be the hero that I see on screen versus the, you know, humanizing. But he's it. not a hero. So does that answer your question? In a, in, in, is he a, not a hero because he's not? He's not a hero because there are no heroes. There, it, it seems like he is the prima fa, whatever prima prima fascia. What, what the word I'm looking for? I don't know it? what you're looking for. You I'm don't sorry. know that phrase? It's like prima fascia, like perfect case, perfect example. Never no. mind. Maybe I'm saying the wrong thing. I, anyway, I'm sure you are. He is a perfect example of an athlete, a sports athlete, who has a lot of baggage who has crappy things happen in his life. Whereas the Michael Jordan, the last dance was all about how pretty much Michael is like the greatest of all time. And there were very few, very few jabs at him personally in his, in his, in his character, Tiger, the movie, the, the, the series Tiger doesn't pull any punches. Right. And does, so, that, yes. does that make it better so you can see the I ugly side? I think it's side? fine. I think, like I said, I don't see it any better or worse than The Last Dance. I see it as equal. But you see the differences though. Yes, I see the differences. But, when, but my point is, I think it's rare to find any kind of athlete at that high level, at that stage of fandom, of stardom, that doesn't have some sort of controversy or some sort of uh, adversity that they deal with. Got it. I mean, of all the things that we've seen, Mark McGuire, Sammy Sosa, Lance Armstrong, Michael Jordan, you could say, you know, people, you, you still idolize him. That's fine. But he certainly has a dark side. I'm reading a book right now about it. Um, Tiger Woods, you know, there's plenty of other, you know, every every sports figure I would have, you could possibly imagine that's at that level, that that level of stardom where people know him around the world and he's the one of the arguably one of the greatest of all time. Even William Gretzky, he ends up leaving his team or whatever, the Oilers, you know, whatever. There's controversy there. He ends up coaching. You know, there, no one has a clean slate is what I'm saying. So does it dehumanize him? No, it makes him more human. I don't, I don't idolize him and his... 
I'm able to compartmentalize and not have any reservations either way in terms of like he, you know, just, you know, my, my, my perspective on it, there's certain people who people mention who did heinous things, but they are still great talents. I am able to compartmentalize and not and and separate the heinous things from the talent, if that makes sense. Like a like a Floyd Mayweather type of a thing you're talking about. No, I'm thinking of other people. Okay. But we, don't, we don't have to mention it. But in any of no, not Floyd Mayweather. I was just thinking like no, some but, other people. Okay. Other people, whether it's in pop culture, whether you. Okay. I'm saying that it doesn't. It I don't idolize them to begin with. I think he's an an amazing talent, and he's it's a fascinating story. You know, you find out whatever, some dirt, you believe it, you don't believe it, whatever. It's interviews. Take it for what it's worth. It's an entertaining three hours. Good. Um, an amazing golfer. One of the best of all time. You can't deny that. Uh, I thought it was an interesting – again, if you're a Tiger Homer and all you do is you see him as the idol, you're not going to like the show. So it, that to piggyback on what you asked, I don't view him as an idol. I don't idolize him as a hero. But I do separate the talent from the personal life. Did it give you a better appreciation of him or did it Did it just – It is. It does. Um, you kind of figure out maybe a little bit – you know, hearing all these interviews and stuff, you know, again, I think it's, it's hard to watch something like that and not feel like you learn something and not feel like you have a different perspective. But – I'm able to compartmentalize and say, you know what? Yeah, say what you want about his personal life, whatever. He cheated on his wife. He's a creep. He's a womanizer. All well, that stuff. It's hard to argue other it's things. It's hard to argue that. I get that. Yeah. And I don't ignore it. I mean, it's hard to argue the greatness, right? Yes, it's yeah. hard to argue the greatness. Yeah. But at the same time, there are two sides of the same coin. Right. You got the greatness on one side, the talent, and then the other side, which you don't see, which is the hidden in right. the shadows. But anyway. I spent a long time talking about that. It was great. I liked it. And it was only two episodes, hour and a half each. It's great. Good. I look worth, forward to worth seeing Worth a it. watch. Worth a Good. watch. Uh, for a TV show, I picked a show called Broad City. It's written, uh, starring, directed by Alana Glazer, Abby Jacobs, and their two um, New York City comedians. It aired on Comedy Central for five seasons, ended in 2018. Um, it's really kind of these two females who... Um, it's a Seth Rogen produced show. Nice. Uh, and so he he found basically these comedians and, and kind of promoted them, put them on. Um, it's really a, it's really they get into these wacky situations. There's there's some through lines and stuff like that, but it's really these kind of two off the wall characters. One's a little more reserved. One's a little more way over the top. Does crazy things. Um, this kind of their wacky adventures together, but their friendship kind of binds them. Mm. Uh, you can tell they kind of have real love for each other. Um, it, it's fun. Um, it's set in New York City. Uh, I love New York City. So the, the city almost kind of has – is a third character to a certain extent, but it's not necessarily like Times Square, Manhattan. It's like you go to Japantown or you go to you know Harlem or whatever. You go to these different places that are – what real New Yorkers live through, right? And like not the tourist people that come through Got to it. see a Broadway show, right? It's it's real New York City. Um, I think it's very very fun. I, I've seen four of the five seasons so far. I didn't watch it in real time, um, and I'm excited to see how it goes. It's only five seasons. It's only ten episodes. 
per season. Uh, it's only like a 22-minute episode, um, but I think it really highlights. They write and direct all the episodes, basically, so it's really like they focus everything. It's not some big, long, drawn-out series. It's kind of like quick hits, really good, really funny. So Broad City, you can see it on Hulu now if you have Hulu. Go ahead. Um, a couple other things just came to mind. I don't want to like deviate back to my conversation about Tiger, but even Tom Brady, he is controversy. You know, there's plenty of there's as I'm saying, there's every sports figure when he gets to that point. And I'm not saying that people that I'm looking for sports figures to get brought down down to earth. I'm not saying that's my motivation, but everybody's got dirt. That's that's everyone's human. Everyone's human. That's yeah. what, that, that that's what I'm trying to make. Anyway, um, the book, I, rec- I don't have a movie recommendation because okay. it would be overindulgent to do that, but I have a great book recommendation. I did not see this movie, um, not because they made a movie about this book, but I just finished this book about a month ago, or three weeks ago, I should say, uh, two weeks ago. Uh, it's called, it's familiar to everybody, everyone knows it. It's called Hillbilly Elegy, it's written by J.D. Vance. Um, really kind of a rags to riches story. Um, but also it's more than that. It's not just that this, that this, uh, guy who grew up in the rust belt of Ohio, the, you know, the, the, is it the suburbs? I think is that what you call it? Yeah. Suburbs, right? Urban is like city, right? Yeah. Yeah. So he kind of grew up in the suburbs of Ohio and Kentucky. He was very poor, you know, uh, ended up having, multiple, you know, hills to climb and had, you know, certain circumstances happen to him that he was able to escape quote unquote poverty and end up going to law school at Yale. Um, and it's just a, a ma- interesting story. Um, it's, it's kind of, it, it's, it sells itself as a memoir of a culture and a family in crisis. Um, it's gotten 4.5 stars on Amazon out of 21,000 ratings. So it's generally speaking a very That's good great. book. Um, the only time I've ever seen a book at five stars that I've already recommended is five, uh, Tuesdays with Maury. That's the only time I've ever seen a book at five stars, like sure. un, 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 uh, blemished. Right. Um, it's a great book. I haven't seen the movie. I've heard mixed reviews about the movie. I know Mac, you saw the movie. You said it was okay. You weren't a huge fan of it. I didn't. Yeah, it wasn't it, for me. But, um, but that's okay. you know, obviously, yeah, he, it, you know, it deals with some really difficult situations. You know, his mom being a drug addict and an alcoholic, he has to live with his kind of live with his grandparents, and he's bouncing around from house to house. He doesn't really have, kind of has a broken home, multiple dad figures because his mom is dating multiple people, and she doesn't. She's not. You know. She's dealing with her own issues, her own her own addiction issues. Kind of has to raise himself to a certain extent, right? What does he kind of have to raise himself to a certain kind extent? Kind of, like but he's he that, but that, that 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 wasn't he kind of does, but he's had a lot of help along the way. Like I was something saying, like he's had certain figures from his grandparents. Again, I don't know what the movie portrays. I haven't seen it. Yeah, because I don't know that it would do a good job of this. Um, it's really like a lot of stories, like him. Like how does he? How does his life go from? The youngest he can remember, you know, his his ancestors, not his ancestors, but his like grandparents. Where did they grow up? You know, how did they how did they come to settle in the certain area that they did? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, having these his grandparents, he really kind of men- mentions as, and I don't even know if they're. I, I guess it's his mom's parents, his mom's mom, and his mom's quote unquote dad, 
but he's not really the dad. That's what I'm saying. It's like he has all these figures in his life, you know, whether it was a teacher, whether he ended up joining the service, he joined the, the, uh, the army. I think it was the army. Oh, maybe it was the Marines. I don't remember, but he joined the service and he had somebody help him. And then he ended up going to like a junior college and he had somebody help him. And there was all these figures that he kind of mentions. I don't know if they're the same names or not, but it's just kind of like the storm, like the perfect things aligned, the planets aligned for him to like get out of the situation, you know, and he had, he had a lot of help. It wasn't just him. It was his sister. Like I said, he names all these people and it's really an interesting story. Um, I read something, there was an art, there was a quote on this book, not on the book itself, but it was like advertised with the book as like one of the top six books as to the reasons why Trump got elected. Like, I don't care about that. I'm not talking about politics. Take what, take from it what you will. It's not supposed to be like a, you know, whatever. If you do this, people will succeed. That's not what I, I mean, even though he does mention like more than more, a couple things like, you know, growing up in in poverty without manufacturing jobs, uh, manufacturing closing, you know, he mentions that that had a significant impact on his, on his family's life and their lack of jobs. Right. But you know, I'm not looking at it as a political thing. I'm just looking at it as this is a guy who went from nothing to graduating Yale law school. And you know, that's an amazing story in my opinion. I knew a guy who not similar shoe, not exactly the same shoes, but in similar type shoes, like grew up in the suburban area from parents who never went to college. It wasn't even on their radar to go to college. Most of them didn't even graduate high school. And this guy goes to Yale, you know, the, the guy and JD Vance goes to Yale. I knew a guy who went to Berkeley. So it was like, you know, these things kind of happen. It's interesting. Um, and I was able to find some parallels. It's a great book. Great book. Sorry. Good. Uh, I'll go quick on this last one. Uh, book recommendation in honor of the one-year passing of Kobe Bryant. Passed away one year ago yesterday on the 24th of January. Uh, a book that Joe actually got for me, uh, Kobe Bryant, The Mamba Mentality, has an introduction by Phil Jackson. Uh, photographs by Andrew Bernstein. It's all who's a sports illustrated photographer. Um, really does great kind of photographs that are kind of courtside and, and just all these type of things. It's really Kobe kind of telling different stories, uh, talking about different matchups, different players and what he sees. So it's not a biography in the sense of like, Hey, no. this is what I did. And no. this is blah, blah, blah. It's really like takes little picture frames from his life mm-hmm. uh, and talks about, Hey, cool. when he sees Michael Jordan, this is what he looks for. When, when he plays against Kevin Durant, this is what he sees um it's a fun type of a thing it's it's a big kind of colorful book uh yeah it's a great rich, book rich in pictures yeah, yeah um cool great Glad book you liked it, buddy. uh great time who got you that man that i just said you I joe know, i'm just saying okay well, i just had to had the hat i want the, I want the audience it. to hear that you had to hear it twice sometimes for i pick seconds. some good sometimes i pick some good ones sometimes um yes so i'm a mentality that got is it. that um, it's the segment we've all been waiting for, Joe. This we're is the vein of my existence of, uh, right here. This still on three stars, right? Three we're stars, done? and there's some Great. movies on here that are gonna get my head rolling, or people's they're gonna want to have my head on. A spike. It's gonna be hard to pass to be Empire, though. I mean, it's it's gonna be there hard to do that. There's some ones on here that some people not are Empire. Be like unbelievable. That you have, this is a three star. Yeah, but not nothing's gonna be as bad as Empire, though. You know what I mean? I don't know. Blade Run. Those are the ones that stuck out to you. In any yeah. event, so we're at 287, about halfway there. 
roughly. Uh, the last movie I mentioned uh, in the three-star category. Why do you cover it up like that? So like you I'm can't reading. look at it. So Joe, you can't it's read just it. me and you. It's it doesn't okay. matter. I don't want to spoil the surprise. All right. Half of it is just seeing your reaction <laughs> and seeing the seeing the dejected. Go, 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 go. Dege- You're going somewhere, buddy? You're I'm going not going to fire? No, Joe. Jeez. I just I want to get to these because I'm excited. We're going to. All right, so 287. Last movie I mentioned last time was the movie Fallen with Denzel Washington and John Goodman. I thought it's I think it's a good movie. Um, not great, but good. Uh, 286. This is a movie again, a lot of these movies came out in the 2000s, so that's kind of when I when I was watching movies a lot in Netflix. This was this movie is very funny. It's and it's par- it's apparently based on a comic book that I didn't even know that. But it's very funny, and it's got a great cast. It came out in 2010. Bruce Willis, Mary Louise Parker, John Malkovich, Morgan Freeman, Helen Mirren, Brian Cox, Richard Dreyfuss, just to name a few. Very funny movie. I know they made some sequels about it, but I still haven't seen any of the sequels. But it, this, the original, I think, is hilarious. It's called Red. Yeah, it's a really cool Red series. Very, very funny movie. Yeah, it's cool. John Malkovich is great. Um all right, next movie, uh, 285. This came out in 94. Again, I get it if you're not a fan of this at all. That's totally fine. This is kind of right up my dad's alley. And the reason that I say that is because I saw the movie with my dad. Because great he, man, great man. Because he likes science fiction movies. And this is very much a science fiction movie. Like this is, I mean, again, not like authentic science fiction, but it's still in the vein of like Star Trek and th- stuff like that. Um, it stars James Spader and Kurt Russell. I like the movie. It's entertaining. It's, it's enjoyable. They made a TV series about it that my dad watched like ad nauseum, but that's okay. I didn't watch any of the TV shows, but it, it made, it, it was pretty successful. I guess it went on multiple seasons, but the movie is what the based off of it's called Stargate 1984. Uh, next, next movie, 284 came out in 2005 um, I only saw this movie like a couple, once, maybe twice. It's entertaining, it's enjoyable, but it's very slow, and that's why I put it at three stars. The actress in this did get an Academy Award. That's beside the point. It's still very slow because it's touted itself as a love story, and it is. But I'm not a huge fan of the main character. Uh, I didn't grow up listening to Johnny Cash, but that's where this movie comes from. Great performances, but I think it's very slow at times. Um, and especially since I like Ray. Ray is much better than Walk the Line, in my opinion. That's what this movie is, Walk the Line. Reese Witherspoon, Joaquin Phoenix. Great performances, but I like Ray better. Um, directed by James Mangold, and he will be re- reappearing later in my list today. All right, next movie, 283. came out in 2008. It was kind of like a post-Matrix movie. Obviously, Matrix came out in like 98, 99-ish. 99. This came out... 99 yeah. this came out nine years later but it still has similar type uh, uh similar type graphics um you know like the bullet time they called it but this was a funny movie it's got some funny scenes in it at the beginning it like the the plot takes a crazy twist um very funny movie starring james mcavoy morgan freeman angelina jolie and chris pratt was in it i didn't yeah. even know he was in it but this is a this is a good movie it's funny especially like the first like 10 minutes and just die laughing when he's working in the office um and that is wanted it's a great old school marvel comic yep. yeah Two, 283 i didn't know that but anyway 282 uh i think this is the last movie in this series i had had this series i think 
a lot of them were two stars or three star movies. I think this is the last one on my list. I think it's the best one in my, no, actually it might not be the best one. I think there's one more. Um, but it is Sylvester Stallone, Carl Weathers, 1979, Rocky two. I like Rocky two better than Rocky one, but that's just my personal opinion. Um, because it's like here, he kind of comes back. Um, he had his shot of fame. Yes, it. Well, yes, Rocky's one in a million, but I think Rocky two it kind of touts itself as like, yeah, you're going up against Apollo Creed in his best. Like, you're not gonna like, he's not gonna be dancing around goofing off this time. You're gonna get his 100 percent best, and he still beats him, which was cool. In any event, great movie, 282. This movie is probably very low for Mac, but that's okay because I own it, and I know you don't. So. But it's still a three-star movie in my opinion. I've only seen it once. But I thought it's very good. It's a solid movie. It gets high rating on Rotten Tomatoes. That's fine. It's good if you like soccer. Right? And I'm not saying I don't. But it's, 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 it's again, in a movie about an English club soccer team. It's a great movie. I don't think it's amazing. It's good. It's solid. And I'm talking about Michael Sheen's 2009 The Damn United. It's a great movie. I'm glad you recommended it to me. I own it. Good movie. Maybe a little lower than you would think, but that's okay. All right. Next movie, 280. This is, this is, I can't believe this movie's got like 98%. Not saying it's a bad movie, but it's like 98% on Rotten Tomatoes, which is fine. Um, I loved this movie when it first came out, especially since both you and I, Mac, know somebody who has been a cancer survivor. So this is movie very much speaks to me and him and you. Um, and that is... Joseph Gordon-Levitt, Seth Rogen, Anna Kendrick, Bryce Dallas Howard. I'm talking 2011, 50-50. It is good. You're surprised that it's an 88%? It's, I'm surprised. That's really high. It's okay. super high. Okay. I just didn't think it's – like it's good, but I don't think it's like amazing. Like there's, like Anna Kendrick is like his therapist and she ends up having a relationship with him. That's weird. Like that's that crosses so many yeah, lines. That's like does. not good. In any event, it's one of the few Jet Seth Rogen films that I like. So sure. that's why you've I mentioned that before. Yeah, yeah, there are very few, and that's that's one of them because yeah. it's a touching story, and I like Joseph Gordon-Levitt's performance yeah. in it. And it's based off of a kind of a true story too. It's like Seth Rogen's buddy who who had cancer. Right. It's like if you watch like the behind the scenes or like the extra scenes, it's like Joseph Gordon-Levitt isn't in it, but it's like Seth Rogen and his other friends, yeah. and he's like, and they're all three just talking about it, like the experience they had. And it's yeah. kind of it, – it's really touching in any way. Next movie, 279. I haven't seen the older version of this movie. This is a remake. Okay. I haven't seen the older version, but that's okay. Again, directed by James Mangold. I said he would reappear again. But this is great talent, and I like this movie. It's one of the few – I can't say I'm a Western, but this movie sells me as a Western. Um, Christian Bale, Russell Crowe, Ben Foster, and Logan Lerman. I'm talking about 310 to Yuma. Haven't seen the one with John Wayne. That's okay. I think this one is really good. Anyway, and it gets like 89% of Rotten Tomatoes. So I think it's good, not great. All right, next movie. The movie that started it all, 278. Uh, came out in 96. Snow White. The movie that started it all. Oh. Meaning it's part of a series, but it was the very first movie in the series. It said started it all, like the first Disney animation movie. But no. That's, okay. that's, that's not Snow White anyway. Snow White's the first Disney animated sure? movie, hundred percent. Okay, I, I believe you. I just, yeah. I, I, I believe you. I just didn't think that was it. Yeah. 
Um, I thought it was like Bambi or something like that. Mm. All right. Um, 1986. Uh, Tom Cruise, John Voight, Gene Reno, Ving Rhames, Kristen Scott Thomas. The original. The very first one. 1986 Mission Impossible. It's good, but it's kind of confusing at times. And I'm not really a huge fan of it. But it's good. The first movie is very much like it kind of yeah, co- it copies sim- the TV similar series. Similar to the TV series, yes. The later movies have like gone away from it yes. and it's more yes. like more today. action and stuff. Yeah. I get that. But it's yeah, it's 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 it, it's good. It's interesting. It certainly has some interesting graphics and stuff like that. I love the soundtrack. But it's not over the top good. This next movie is kind of ironic because Mac just watched it recently. 277. It came out in 2006. It's a good movie, and I own it. I told you I own this movie. It's not amazing. I think it's really good, but not great, and not the best movie I've ever seen. But it's really good. It's worth a watch, worth a buy, in my opinion. Even if you don't watch, even if you don't watch the uh, whatever the series that they made about it later, and I'm talking about the Queen with Helen Mirren and Michael Sheen. 2006. Good, not great, and I haven't seen what's the series? The Crown. The Crown. Yeah, and that might it might get a lot of looks now because of the crown. I'm pr- that might be a reason, maybe why you watched it. I have no idea, but in any event, it's a maybe. great movie. It's a good movie. I like it, and I know nothing about the royal family. I, I still thought <laughs> it was good. I still enjoyed it. I sat down and watched it with you for a little bit. It's a good movie. <laughs> this movie has a 99 percent of Rotten Tomatoes. This next movie. You say these things like you're surprised, Joe. Because this, have you seen your movie selection so is, far, Joe? This is a 99. Let's like do it's one percent off. It, to me, this is a. That means it got like one bad review. I, so go. That's unbelievable, in my opinion. But in any event, it's on this list. I saw it later in life. It came out in 2003. They did make a sequel on it that I have zero interest in seeing because I don't really care for sequels that come out 20 years after the original came out. Um, 20 years after 2003. Whatever you get what I'm saying. <laughs> I don't know what movie you're a talking decade, about. A decade, okay. a decade after this movie came out, they right. had to make a sequel because they was like, "Oh, we gotta find something else to make a sequel sure. about." It's a Pixar movie, so maybe that's why it's 99. percent I have no idea. It's good. It's enjoyable. It's fun. I loved it when I was when I was in my whatever 20s, 20s, early 20s when this came out. You're gonna say Toy Story 2? Albert surprised? Brooks, Ellen DeGeneres, Brad Gilbert, Willem Dafoe, 2003, Finding Nemo. 99%. Three-star movie. Not amazing. Not great. It's good. It's amazing. It is not amazing. It's a kid's movie. <laughs> it's In any event, 275. It's a legacy movie. It will live forever. It's a legacy movie? It will live forever. Okay. Wow. In 100 years, people will still be watching Finding Nemo. That's how good it is. Okay. Keep going. Okay. Well, you, I can name at least a dozen movies in your list that people are not going to give a crap about. You can probably list most of those movies. Anyway, that's the point, though. Anyway, that's the point as to how good Finding Nemo is. 275. And do you even own it? It's up there somewhere. Yeah, you do own it. You don't have the next one, Finding Dory. I think I do have Finding Dory. Oh, you do have Dory. Finding Dory. Yeah, yeah that's Finding Dory. Well, whatever. In any event, 275, next movie on the heels of more uh, animated movies. This is one of the Disney movies that came out in the late '90s. Um, it's an okay movie. It's I, li- I really liked the soundtrack and the songs to it. I used to sing the songs to it all the time. Um, the story is really good. Um, I need to watch it again. I know Mac watched it probably about a year ago because I just remember him watching it. Maybe it wasn't a year ago. Maybe it was sometimes last year. Um, I don't know who the main guy is, the guy who plays who, may, who plays Quasimodo, but Demi Moore is in it, Jason Alexander, 
1986, The Hunchback of Notre Dame. This next movie, again... Isn't it Kevin Klein? No, Kevin Klein is in Quasimodo. Oh, not Quasimodo. Isn't Kevin Klein he's, in The Hunchback of Notre Dame? He's the guy with the beard, yeah. So maybe, um, maybe it is Kevin Klein. Kevin Klein is a... Yeah, he's the guy with the beard, yeah. He's the, he's the guard or whatever. What, yeah. do you, what number is that? It's 275. And what number was Finding Nemo? 276? 276. Got it. I like Hunchback of Notre Dame. I know, you did Slightly like that movie. better than Finding Nemo. You did like that movie. You mentioned that. All right. 274. Again, this movie gets 99% of Rotten Tomatoes. Don't know Some how. people like it. I don't know why. Sorry, only, Joe. I'm not saying that this movie is awful. Don't get me wrong. But it doesn't speak to me because the original, the beginning premise of the movie is like the most – the first 10 minutes of this movie, I've never cried so much this in the first 10 minutes of any movie. You're going to say up right now? So, oh 2009, <laughs> Ed Asner, Christopher Plummer. I don't like the whole like scene with the dog and everything and the kid, the, the Boy Scout. That just doesn't do it for me. It's not interesting. That's silly. Like he, he goes off to some place. He finds a dog that can't speak. and he, it, that doesn't. That's not enjoyable for me. A Toy Story. You can't – whatever. All right. But the first 10 minutes of it are the most – I have never cried in a movie in the first 10 minutes of any movie. I did for this movie, and that is up. All right. Next movie. Again, on the heels of 310 to Yuma. Again, another great movie. Gets great reviews. It's very well received. Some people it's to say some people say it's the greatest Western of all time. I have to watch it again. I've only seen it once. So I bought it because I thought it was good. I have to see it again maybe to appreciate more. 1992, one of the best westerns of all time, if not the best western. I'm talking about Clint Eastwood, Gene Hackman, Richard Harrison, Morgan Freeman, The Unforgiven. I have to watch it again, so please forgive me if I have it lower as a three-star yeah, movie. I think people will get more mad about The Finding up, Nemo. And, up? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Well, maybe this crowd. This this is the last one, just to put the icing on the cake. It's the last one up today? 272, the last one today. Okay. 1995, this movie, again, I have to watch it again. It has a great kicker. It has a great twist. That's what makes this movie. The whole punchline, the whole setup of the movie for the last 10 minutes or last five minutes, whatever it is. I'm not going to spoil it in case people haven't seen it. It's good. I need to watch it again to appreciate it more. I only watched it once. Kevin Spacey, Benicio Del Toro, Pete Postlewaite, Kev, and uh, I said Kevin Spacey. 1985, The Usual Suspects. I have to watch them again. I have to watch The Unforgiven and The Usual Suspect again. I will I will concede that. All right. Maybe I will appreciate it more, but I only saw those once. I saw them like five years ago, so it was like... So you saw The Usual Suspect just once? Yes. I saw it once, and I liked it, and I bought it. I think you'll like it more. You see I know. That's what I'm time. saying. I need to watch it again, especially since I don't remember... Like, I know how the ending ends. Because once know, you know the ending, yeah, I don't you remember see all the details. So I'm not it. saying it's a bad movie. Yeah. Don't get me wrong. I know it's low, but... That was Brian Singer's breakout. That was a big one. Yeah, it's a good movie, but I have to watch it again to appreciate it. Oh, All right. I've done enough talking. Why don't you tell us a little bit about the theme park stuff we're going to look at, the variety sure. we're going to look at. We, uh, I thought we'd do something fun, a little different. Uh, normally, we separately do a ride, um, kind of ride POVs or ride uh, histories. I thought we'd do one together. 
Um, the People Mover it is currently still in operation on Walt Disney World. Joe did a virtual ride through of the Magic Kingdom. I don't know how good it was or how good it wasn't. Yeah, I didn't even okay. watch it. It's okay. I'll give you guys some little facts about it, though. They used to have one in Disneyland. So I'm going to get you right now. It opened. Sorry, That's I okay. I've always mentioned that I kind of like this ride. Uh, you did. Yeah. Uh, it opened in July of 1967 in Tomorrowland in Disneyland. It closed in August 1995. Yep. Um, the ride of, uh, and again, I don't know the differences so much, but in the original Disneyland ride, you went through attractions. Uh, certain attractions like yeah. Star Tours, Space Mountain. Um, yep. You were outside. You saw Autotopia, the submarine yep. voyage, stuff yep. like yep. that. Yep. 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 Closed in 1995. Uh, they had a new ride from May 19, started opening in May 1998 called Rocket Rods. It closed in April 2001. It was only... Open in uh, parentheses for three years, uh, but it had so many breakdowns, so many things happened to it. It actually closed a full year within those three years, so it was only open for technically two years, as it were. I don't remember that. Um, It was was kind of a – I don't remember writing it or anything. Uh, It's one of the most kind of divisive type of moments uh, that Michael Eisner did in the theme parks. Uh, It was supposed to be kind of a roller coaster on top of those tracks. Uh, it just didn't work for several reasons. Again, a lot of people miss the people mover, yeah. things like that. Um, there was talk at some point of putting the people mover back in. However, because of the installation of the rocket rods, uh, the track, they basically put a track on top of another track. And so there was kind of no way to repair or no way to kind of fix it. Okay. So even if you're walking in Tomorrowland now, the track is still there. It's still kind of walking through Tomorrowland. It doesn't really serve a purpose. It's not really structurally holding anything up. Uh, the only, you know, again, so people have talked about if you break it down, it'll open up more space and kind of free it up a little bit, maybe. But again, then you're basically, I don't know how long that takes, but again, Disneyland never closes. Got it. So if you take down, how long would it, I have no idea. you know, I mean, how long would it take to take down that, that whole structure? kind of the construction and stuff like that, that could kind of be a big to-do. So I think that's part of the reason why they've kept it up so long. Um, it, it opened in Walt Disney World in July, in the Magic Kingdom, in July of 1975. Uh, it's still operating today, of course. Uh, the ride vehicle is called the Omni Vo- Omni Mover, which was the first of its kind. Again, it's been prototyped throughout Disney parks worldwide, including some like the Haunted Mansion, Buzz Lightyear, Little Mermaid, those are the type of rides, the Omni Mover ride, where it's on the track and it just kind of goes through. Again, does not the Omni Mover means it's not stopping per se; it's just constantly going, constantly well, going. Well, that's not. Re- yeah, I guess it is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah I see what you mean. I see yeah. what you mean. But the time I mentioned, you turn in the buggies. You don't turn in the people mover. Sure. Yeah. Like yeah. A, yeah. It's like a coaster. You can look around, but it's not like. Yeah, yeah. The Omni Mover in the yeah, sense yeah. of like You're it's saying, it's the it's, small vehicle yeah, yeah, on the track. It's always moving. It doesn't stop. It never stops. Yeah, 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 I get um, that. I so get it's that. it's constantly yeah, loading yeah, people, yeah, yeah. constantly unloading yeah, yeah, people. Yeah, yeah. I get that. I get that. Things like that. Um, there is one kind of thing, a uh, cool thing that I, that I remembered. Cool tidbit. Uh, there's an Easter egg cameo of the People Mover in Pixar's Wally. Uh, there's kind of a, a, a part in the movie where they're on the spaceship and it's and there's like a loud on the overhead speaker and it's like, please go to the people mover, mm. uh, which is kind of a fun little tidbit thing that okay. if you're not looking for, you're obviously going to miss Got or it. you might catch, but it's kind of there. Uh, Joe, you you did the ride on the did the virtual movie. ride on Walt Disney Kingdom. World. 
Um, it wasn't. It wasn't what I remembered. But I'm, different parks, though. Too, different right? park. So. Different park. But it's very similar in a lot of respects to uh, the train ride in in like Disney Disneyland. Okay. So it kind of goes around, but it doesn't go around the whole park. It just goes around Tomorrowland. So but it's it still in Tomorrowland. Kind of, it's just in Tomorrowland. But obviously, it seems to make more sense at Walt Disney World because Tomorrowland isn't very big in Disneyland. Sure. But um, I remember – okay, so the the ride through that I watched, it kind of goes through Tomorrowland and like you see different – all the attractions that are in Tomorrowland. It goes kind of inside certain ones like the Space Mountain but you really can't see anything because it's all dark. Right. But it's like you, you know you're inside the actual mountain. It kind of comes in through the side and like stays on the edge. You know, it's totally dark. Got you it. can't see anything. Yeah. There's no lights or anything like that. But then it also goes like in different – like the Buzz Lightyear, the Buzz Lightyear laser whatever ride. Astro Blasters. Astro yeah. Blasters. It kind of – yeah. It kind of – like I said, it's very similar in a lot of ways to the train ride that kind of goes in through certain rides. So You know, you can see some little attractions here like in terms of like little stills when you kind of go inside certain places that's covered. Um, you can see little stills of things. Um, like, you know, whatever, some, some design or some layout that Walt Disney had or something like that, that that's lit up that you're in the dark, but you, you see this lit up, yeah. you know, diorama or whatever like that. Um, there's a couple of those. Um, like I said, you, the main, yeah, it, it's okay. It's like a little tram ride. It's nothing good I'm for a, all ages, right? Yeah. I remember the coat, not the coaster. I said, call it coaster. I remember. Yeah. But I remember the, the. The coaster that you sit in had a top to it when I when it was at Disneyland. Like it wasn't totally open, like just to see or something down in a car. It was it had a it had a canopy to it. Just the Disney World not Disney have a World canopy? did not have the canopy. Maybe they okay. did. Maybe they took it off. Yeah. But obviously there's not really many people on it. It's probably a, not a very popular ride. It's really just a tram ride that kind of goes around different attractions. I remember it being a little bit more interesting when I was a kid when I used to ride the one at Disneyland. Um, I don't even remember seeing it in Walt Disney World going through Star Tours. Oh, no. It goes through Star Tours, the shop, and it kind of uh, makes fun of, like, the people who are buying stuff. Like, it, it doesn't – you don't actually, like, go through, like – because I remember the old Star, Star Tours. It goes through, it, like, the, the launch – not the launch part, the – The gift shop. In Disneyland, it goes through the oh, gift I shop? Oh, I remember – I remember – sorry. I remember when they used to have the old Star Tours, it was literally one – it was one little 3D thingy yeah. that was moving, and you literally would would, draw, would would ride right past it on obviously elevated, but yeah. you could see it down there, kind of moving. It was literally just one car at back then in the the Star Tours, and it was crazy. I couldn't believe they only had one, but they did. Um, this was in the early '90s, anyway. Um, but yeah, and then there was other ones. There was like a Mission to Mars they used to have. Yeah. They would go through that and then they would go through like some laser light show. It had like lasers, laser lights going through. And I mean, I just remember because it was cool because you could go in the dark in some places. It was like you're going through a tunnel, you know? Yeah. But I remember it being a lot more interactive, but maybe it's just because when I was a kid, everything was more interactive. Sure. You were fascinated. You'd with be it. happy to ride it again though if you were in Walt Disney World. Nah, not after doing it. Not after doing now it. Now you wouldn't take the time no, to do it? I mean, maybe to get out of the sun, because there's plenty of parts where it's like goes inside. Joe's gonna ride Tron Light Cycle five times. That would be cool. Instead that of going cool. on, that would be a lot more. That would be a lot yeah. more enjoyable. No, I used to. I used to like riding the monorail 
And we, we did that. You do like we riding. You, I thought you did. still do like I riding did. the monorail. No, I mean, yeah, I still like riding the monorail, but not as much as when I was a kid because I used to like I like trains, and it was an elevated train, and it was cool. It it's had pretty the, cool. It had the horn. It had like the horn. It still does, but I I remember we used to like. When I was a kid, you could like sit in the front, the very, very front. You got to wait for that side. Well, yeah. not not when we were, when you were a kid. Sometimes they would let you. Well, back in the day when I used to go to Disneyland in the nineties, they used to like if you were at the front of the line, kind of sit in the front or whatever, and they're like, "Oh yeah, sure." There's like a little like seat in the front, and little, yeah. like, right next to the window. You're like, "Oh, cool! I see everything." Yeah. You hear the horn. It was cool. Anyway, it's cool. Anyway, uh, that was the people mover. Yeah, yeah, that was the Magic Kingdom one. I remember it being different at Disneyland. But that's interesting. You mentioned that the, that the track. That's the that could be a big reason why the track is still there. Because I'm always every time I go there, I'm like, they're going to make something with this. But maybe it's because it's too too much of a headache to break down. They kept. Well, yeah. I mean, the if they were closed yeah. like for months, they could do something. But yeah. again, it's I feel like that 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 walkway in Tomorrowland where Star Tours and Buzz Lightyear. That walkway is so tight anyways. Um, So if you have to like – I don't know. If you have to do construction – They would have to close Tomorrowland. Yeah. I mean I think – And they can't do that because that's where the the monorail goes to anyway. Yeah. I just don't think – Well, maybe they did something during during the interim now. Unless they would just reroute it. Unless they would just reroute everyone to the backside of Tomorrowland to get on Space Mountain or something like that. But – so it is what it is yeah. uh, that's all we have for today guys thank you so much for listening please like share comment rate review and subscribe uh, you guys are great uh, we'll be back next week we're already starting hard work on next week's pod Absolutely. Uh, we're going to be looking ahead to February there's already some theme park news coming out that we'll get to and Joe's I'll, give gonna... a re- I'll give a review on the little things yeah I'm looking forward HBO, to HBO Denzel Leto, and yeah. Rami Malek Yeah, I'll probably check it out. Looks cool. Uh, Joe will be back next week with his weekly segment, and um, we look forward to interacting with you guys next week. I'm going to send it to Joe to say goodbye. All right, take care, everyone. Bye-bye.